Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at Managing Editor. FightfulWrestling.com, go on over. We've got NXT TakeOver coverage and a post-show podcast. Myself, Jeff, Warren, Alex from this past Saturday. A good time. But we've got Alex here tonight, June 3rd, Monday Night Raw. Alex, how you doing? Um, I uh, We had a segment tonight that I would say contained one of the top 10 moments on Raw like of all time. And the segment like made me so happy to be a wrestling fan. And it was so weird that it's, it's that segment. Obviously we'll talk about it when, when it comes up, but like I was watching going like, man, I'm watching absolute mad insanity genius at work in this segment. And for the rest of the night, I might as well just be watching, you know, any other episode of the thing. It's so standard. It's weird how that happens. Yeah, that was tonight's Raw was something. It was interesting to say the least. Some, some positive, some negative, just a, a little bit all over the map. Uh, but overall, uh, when you think back on this Raw, what's the one thing you're going to remember? Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Yeah, that's it. I mean that. I mean, I I don't know that I'll remember that it happened on this Raw. Sure, but I will remember that for for the rest of my time as a wrestling fan. I mean, it it stood out, and it's not easy to make things stand out on yeah. modern-day WWE Raw, but hey, there we are. Uh, the wild card rule was in full effect. The wild card rule is always in full effect. Sometimes a little too much, uh, yeah. but Roman Reigns is out. He's been on four straight Raws, so I mean, it's, it's hard to decipher one way or another. He's not uh, a free agent. He's on both shows. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, if you all want to throw a wild card our way, donate a super chat. We'll ask any question you want, or we'll answer any question you want. We'll also read your statement. But uh, we get a pretty pointless series of promos from Roman Reigns, Shane McMahon, and Drew McIntyre. But fortunately, they were very short. All things considered, this went into a wrestling match pretty quickly. Uh, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I thought that this opening segment into the match ended up yeah. being all right. Uh, I thought that Drew McIntyre and the Revival ended up looking wonderful as heels out of this. But the, the little promo before, it seems like just one of those things. It's like WWE almost has to do it. Like they can't yeah. help themselves. Yeah, it has to happen. It has to be like, hey, remember this thing that we haven't advertised at, at all over the past few weeks? I know you probably never heard of it. It's called Super Showdown, and it's this Friday. But like, 
yeah, we know, and we also know that you're That's having. That's not what we call it. No, no, obviously, no, we call it something different. I'll use that later. But um, yeah, this this was this was fine. I I I don't know why I have such. I mean, I do know why I have such a huge problem with it. I feel like Drew McIntyre, especially, less so with the revival, should have a little bit more self respect than to be the toady for the boss's kid, the boss's grown ass man of a son who like like it just feels very something they would have done with Shane in 1998 with the Big Show, like. Now it, it just feels like Drew's palling around with this guy who calls himself the best in the world when Drew could absolutely murder Shane McMahon. Like that should be that should be the impetus for whenever Drew finally gets tired of running with Shane. It'd be like, best in the world, I'll take you on right now, I'll beat you in two minutes. Like that should be part of it. I don't love the fact that he's like, Yeah, I'll I'll absolutely play second banana to this guy whose ass I could kick. I don't I don't love that. Well, I, I would be okay with it if down the line, when the eventual split does happen, Drew says, well, I was doing it to get ahead in my career. Sure, sure. And, uh, say, you know, he could say something like, you know, I've had one McMahon in my corner. It didn't work out so well. I figured right. I would try another one. Yep. Uh, the Revival attacked Reigns from behind before the Usos saved him. Really exceptional work here, which is to be expected. Here's the thing that I don't get, though. They've got the Usos Revival thing, and it's like, hey, two of the best tag teams in the world – even though one of them lost to Hawkins and Ryder three times in one month, by the way, Kurt Hawkins prior had never, ever, ever won three televised matches in a month ever in his career, even when he was a champion. Uh, and they're the only team that he's beaten. By the way, they're not on TV. I I have a need and a desire for my show to make sense day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. That doesn't do it. Nope. Uh, but do I buy the revival? Can they make me buy them? Yes, they can because the revival are very good. And this sh- this uh, match was a very good display of that, Alex. This was Drew McIntyre and the revival doing great heel work. And it was Roman Reigns, who has had plenty of reps playing the babyface in peril, <laughs> yeah. doing that uh, along with the Usos, who are also very good at that. Yeah, I mean, I've, I have no issues with with the men in the match it, it i mean did did i did i hallucinate this or did roman drop casually during his promo i'm gonna beat your ass on on friday shane and then at stomping crowns i'm gonna beat drew mcintyre and i was like are we really running drew mcintyre versus roman reigns back again i mean so like- the the joke was in the the live staff chat was that he probably mentioned it, but he may not have been supposed to mention yeah. that. And WWE never makes anything official till about 11.30 p.m. when my writing team is really right. wrapping everything up. <laughs> yeah. Then it gets announced on Instagram yeah, or yeah, something. Exactly. exactly. So uh, I thought that this was very good. Shane McMahon kept getting involved. Uh, Shatter Machine on the outside. Claymore to finish off the Usos. Reigns got hit with the Claymore as well. This match made the Revival and Drew McIntyre look like really, really good heels, mm-hmm. and they all attacked Reigns after the match. What little heat you can actually get off of Roman Reigns as a heel, I thought that this act did. Sure. I mean, a lot of it is is them making us buy, trying to make us buy that, that Shane McMahon could hold his own in a match one-on-one with Roman Reigns. I mean, he throws punches like your little brother. Um, I mean, I, I, he's got MMA training now, and he can make it almost all the way across the ring on his coast to coast. I mean, like, l- listen, I, I was a big Shane fan back in the day. I feel like at this point, though, I'm able to be like, it's amazing the stuff you can do. I still don't believe you could beat Roman Reigns in a fight. You know, yeah. like, there's, there's, there's got to there's be at least a little bit of believability there. And I mean, the whole best in the world thing, as we said, has been running for almost a year now. Um, it's it, it, it's been a, it's a it's a well, weird about, about yeah, seven not, months. yeah seven nights. Like, sorry, seven months. It's been it's been um, a whole um, desert pay per view cycle. We'll say that um, from one to the other, it just feels like it's been running on for a year. Um, it's a, it's a weird uh, deal with with Shane and his obsession with it. 
This is the fact that he continues bafflingly to be one of the most important in-ring performers on this show that has some of the best in-ring performers in the world signed to it. It just still doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I'm fine with him pulling the strings. I don't need him working all the matches, too. I, I would agree with that. Uh, guys, make sure you all check out FightfulSelect.com. I am always posting exclusive news over there, oftentimes exclusive stuff before it hits Fightful.com. It goes straight to your inbox, but we have tons of podcasts, too. Every week, Warren Hayes uh, reviews 205 Live, NXT, and NXT UK. Uh, Steven Jensen covers non-WWE stuff. Eventually, that will be expanded as we will be doing AEW-dedicated shows as well. Uh, our retro review dropped this week. It is the first ever Nitro, so we're talking Pasta Mania, Lex Luger returning, uh, what WWF was doing to answer Nitro. Uh, lots of cool stuff over there. And every week I have the Fightful Report podcast where I give you exclusive news. I might review something off the network, uh, like, like the documentaries that dropped this week, injury reports, contract updates, all that good stuff. It is a, a central hub for wrestling news over on the Fightful Report podcast. And this week, I'm back for the third consecutive week with a Q&A show. Last week, I did one absolutely free to non-subscribers, so make sure you guys check that out. It's on our podcast feed. It's on the Fightful Select Previews playlist on YouTube. Uh, lots of great stuff. That's the most direct way you can support us and what we do. Uh, we've got a lot of writers, podcasters that step out and interview people and do a lot of exclusive stuff. Fightful Select's the best way to support us. But you can also leave a thumbs up on this video right here. Uh, Wild Boy 87 says, what happens first? Mox back to WWE or set to AEW? That's a good question because I, I don't know that we know what kind of business model AEW will really be able to put forth. I think right now the safe thing to say would be Mox to WWE because we just don't know about AEW. But considering the level of creative frustration we've seen in WWE, Maybe not. But then again, I don't know Seth Rollins' contract status. I don't know Seth Rollins' contract status either. Um, uh, you're right in that we don't even know what AEW really is yet. I mean, let them let him, let him get a full six months under their belt before we start saying, you know, the current universal champion is, is Seth Rollins is going to jump ship there. But I will say this. I don't ever see Mox making it back to WWE. He'll go wrestle in Japan full time before he goes back there, I think. Maybe. You, you never know. You just never know. Because almost everybody has come back. By the way, I'm told that Vince McMahon uh, liked the opening segment an awful lot tonight. Uh, Miss TV is up next. Seth Rollins comes out. Says he'd be relieved if Brock cashed in tonight. Lesnar and Heyman pull up, pretending they're going to cash in. And somewhere in the middle here, I believe Miz was announced for the Battle Royal? Uh, probably. I, I think so. So... Uh, Brock instead holds off and walks around backstage. I thought the Brock Lesnar is disrespecting the money in the bank thing was some of the dumbest shit I have ever heard this weekend, Alex. I even waited the entire weekend thinking, like, maybe I'm not getting it. Maybe I'm not understanding the talking point. And I had one person whose opinion I respect said, well, the thing is, the McMahons aren't happy, uh, uh, aren't happy to to have things out of their control. And I'm like, I, like I can kind of get that in a little bit, but this ain't new. This, yeah. this concept's been around for 15 years and they probably had teased cash-ins over a hundred times on this show. Oh yeah. They put rock into the match. Right. No, 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 I'm no, I'm sorry. You, you, you gifted Brock Lesnar, that briefcase, you gifted it to him. You said here, it's yours. As as though Shane or Stephanie or Triple H themselves had come out to the ring, walked up, gotten that briefcase, and handed it to Brock themselves. So everyone knows who's been watching this product for several years that the briefcase can be cashed in at any time, for any reason, anywhere, any place, at any moment, and you have a full year to do it. Everyone knows that. So the idea that he's teasing it, we've seen that before. But I mean, like, I mean, the it's just ridiculous to me that you would belie, you're telling lies and expecting us to just, yeah, no, it's a, yeah, fine, we'll go along with it. And I've, I feel like we just, we, we can't 
do that as like as a society anymore. If 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 someone in authority is telling lies, we have a a a, a duty as people to call them out, and that's a lie. That the lie that that oh well, he's disrespecting the briefcase. No no no, that's that's just the way the briefcase works. It's his privilege. Yes, he's allowed and- to do that. Every everyone's supposed to, and you gave it to him again. So yeah, it's a weird deal, and also it's stupid also uh, for Brock and Paul to even entertain like. Oh, I'm sorry. Is Stephanie mad? Then we'll definitely cash it in this Monday on on Raw. Like that's yeah. What? What? If if the end story of that is that they just felt like showing up to troll her, I'm cool with that because troll Brock Lesnar is solid. Yeah, best I, use of Brock Lesnar in years. Yeah, I I um I, I would like it. I I want them to make it a little bit more evident. Like in this little thing, we'll talk about this later in the show, but. If he's going to troll him, like, actually be out and say, nah, screw her. I do what yeah. I want. You know, say something like that as opposed to just, you know, not cashing in when, when it would be obvious a chance to do so. Lucha House Party comes out, but Lars starts beating the shit out of them. Lucha House Party gain control, drop, kick him out of the ring. He doesn't sell a ton. He, like I said, this is very reminiscent of Brock Lesnar and the Hardys. And I think that's fair for what they're, what they're trying to accomplish with Lars. It doesn't make him look weak because there's three guys, but it makes Lucha House Party look like they have a chance because of how cohesive they are, Alex. All things considered, this is very similar to what we've seen out of Lars and Lucha House Party in previous weeks. Seems like they're out of ideas already. Oh, entirely. Um, but when he came out... Uh, by by I, they, I mean he is out of ideas. For sure. As right. we've learned over the last... Yeah, week. he, the only person who... Who controls everything out of ideas has been for years. But um, what what this what I, when when he when Lars came out, I thought he's just going to beat them down again. Um, we're we're doing the match that we're going to have at Sands of Time. We're doing that tonight. Like why would why yeah. would basically is what they tried to do. And they oh no, the little guys they're plucky. Those little guys sure are plucky. They got a lot of pluck. Those little guys, um, and that's fine. Um, but we're, we're doing the other, the interview with Lars Sullivan tomorrow, which, you know, set your, set your VCRs now. Gonna want to miss that. Um, uh, so I, I'm assuming Lucha House Party will interrupt that. Or as Michael Cole said, and I was like, oh my God, they might've actually changed their name. He said, the Lucha House Party hoping to become the Lucha Avengers this weekend. And I was like. Did you at least oh, tell me boy. you're not calling them the Lucha Avengers? Like, like mm. putting them together so the A serves as the last letter of Lucha and the beginning of Avengers. So it's Lucha Avengers. Yeah. They'll do it. They'll do it in a heartbeat. And we, we would just we have to go along with it. Yeah, I'm ready for this match to just happen. Lars is going to win. We'll make First, our predictions on Tuesday. There are so many matches that are happening on Friday that I oh, just yeah. want to be over so they can move <laughs> on to new stuff. Uh, that doesn't instill a ton of confidence in me, honestly. Um, speaking of Tuesday, Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, over on the MMA channel or FightfulMMA.com, myself and Showdown Joe have a big MMA podcast. UFC 238 this weekend, Donald Cerrone, Tony Ferguson. That is a title-level fight. Valentina Shevchenko, Jessica I, and Henry Cejudo versus Marlon Marias for the Bantamweight title. You want to know what's interesting about Henry Cejudo, Alex? Tell me. You know how WWE always, or Vince McMahon, always so badly wanted a Mighty Mouse character. Yes. That was the guy that WWE recruited to be that Mighty Mouse character. Wow. It was Henry Cejudo. They recruited him. The irony being that Vince McMahon so badly wanted to market this Mighty Mouse character. Henry Cejudo, to become flyweight champion, beat UFC's own Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson who they refused to market. So UFC had the Mighty Mouse that WWE always wanted, and he has been replaced by the Mighty Mouse that WWE literally wanted. (laughs) We're talking about it Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. We will have a post show this weekend as well. Alexander Gustafson retired this weekend. It's going to be a wild time. King Mo retired. Lots to talk about over there. So, boy. Up next, I saw one of the worst matches in recent Raw memory. Oh, oh man, this one hurt me. Becky oh. Lynch is in the ring, says she's never been more content than she is now. I get a feeling that changed. 
poor poor Becky had to witness this from ringside. Like she's gonna need some therapy. Woof. This was bad. She's joined by Lacey Evans, who jaw jacks back and forth. Becky makes fun of her accent. Wild card in full effect as Charlotte Flair comes out next. I did like that she said, which one of you are going to hold the ropes for me? Uh That was a nice little touch. Oh, boy. Charlotte Flair references her title reigns in relation to her father's. I think that's the first time she's mentioned that on the air, Alex. I think so too. Uh, it's 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 what we're all thinking, so it's good for them to come out and talk about it. And to be honest with you, it triggers a lot of people. It really does. So it's I mean, that's well good might. for her as a heel. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And then out of nowhere, Lacey punches Charlotte, and we get a match. Yeah, the punch thing, like the women's right, it's it knocks you out in the match. But if it's done like outside the context of a match. It like you know knocks you down, then you you shrug it off. Like both the the first time that Becky took one, she like didn't even go to one knee. First time that that Charlotte took one, it just made her angry. So like it, it can't be the I don't think it can be the thing that finishes people automatically in a match, um, and then is is done any other time and place. It's a mild annoyance. I feel like you got to figure out what it is. Oh, boy. This match was so bad. So bad. Uh, One of the worst, like, in my match ratings that I post on Select, uh, I run a live blog with those. They'll they'll be up on Fightful in the morning. This was maybe the lowest that I've rated a match since I've started doing them. They were not on the same page for almost anything. And sometimes that's okay. It looked like they went out there and didn't plan anything. And maybe that was the case. I, I do I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I hate to use the term botch fest, but man, they were just all it, it went beyond like this is a tough, sloppy fight to yeah. they gotta get out of the ring. Like yeah. and fortunately Becky stepped in there and, and attacked and that was that. This was just so bad. Yeah, they were completely out of rhythm, uh didn't know where anybody was coming from. Uh it 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 just it looked like two first weekend larpers down at the park, you know, like <laughs> so it like hey, I've LARP got my it, LARP sword. is such a fun term. We used to call people who would come into the gym and pretend that they had MMA training. We yeah. call them larpers. It's such a fun term. I've, I've got my broadsword and you've got your morning star. Let's go and have a battle. And, and it's, it's just hey. two guys like gingerly banging swords together. That's what it looked like. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> you're into that sort it, of thing. It's Pride Month, man. <laughs> Damn it. Um, I thought this was a match that was going to happen on pay per view down the line, and it's probably a good thing that it didn't. I, I was like, oh, you know what? It, actually, it's probably not a good thing because it should have happened way, way, way far away from right now. It should not have happened tonight. No. No. It was a. It was a. It was entirely it was i don't know i understand what this proves like charlotte's on smackdown becky is the raw champion i'm i understand the wild card rule and everything but charlotte and and lacy having a match to what like to prove which one's better okay great shouldn't shouldn't charlotte be worrying about bailey since bailey's the champion of the brand that She's on and Bailey cashed in on Charlotte. Like there's a whole, that, that's a thing. Charlotte should be on SmackDown doing SmackDown stuff. Let Lacey, listen, I'm completely done with Confederacy Barbie being the top contender on Raw, at least for now. Can't like, work in the ring. She's She is excellent with character work. Yeah. Can't hack it in the ring based on what we've seen. There's got to be other people. And I, I think she will be able to hack it in the ring eventually. That's fine, and she will, and she may, she may very well be. Her character work, as we've said, is very good. To in some people say it's outstanding. I don't, I wouldn't go that far. I say it's very good. So that's great. And that's going to improve too. She's still a young performer, but at this point, like she had her thing, she had her shot as as an up and comer. She lost, and now back of the line. There's no more automatic rematches. So I don't understand why challengers are getting automatic rematches. Yeah. Like there's other, there's gotta be other women. You said, "Hey, Dana Brooke, you're good enough to be in this Money in the Bank ladder match. We're never going to use you for a second after that." What's what's that deal? Like there's there's other there's other, I know Ruby Riot's got uh, you know surgeries and stuff, but 
Sarah Logan's still on Raw. There's other people you could actually do stuff with. You could do anything. They could appear on TV once or twice. I mean, obviously tonight, like she proved she can't have battle, battle royal tournament. Just set up something. Something. Oh um, boy, it was just, it was real bad. Uh, I will say good on Corey Graves for mentioning the winner's purse and winning more money if you win a match. Rey Mysterio comes out to drop the United States title. They show Joe's shoulder up during their last match. Joe comes out and lectures Mysterio, who voluntarily relinquishes the title. Now, there have been very few instances of this in WWE. Uh, Jeff Jarrett gave Mark Henry a title as a gift. British Bulldog gave Al Snow a title as a gift. Steve Austin had to forfeit a title to The Rock, and then I think there was Dean Douglas to Shawn Michaels. But over the last 19 years, hasn't really happened. I want to know how you feel about this, considering what happened in their match with the shoulder up. Because to me, it's a little bit different. It's not like somebody can't go out there and compete. It's like I, I saw it as far as Ray is concerned, a bit more of a baby face move, although he should have acknowledged, maybe I missed it. Hey man, your shoulder was up. This should be yours anyway. Right. There was a moment where you could tell he was thinking that. Yes. But didn't say it. And I was so like, you, you, yeah. You, you, inferring you the extra mile and actually. Inferring things in WWE is, is quite right. stretched. Too. Right. No, he says, he says, Ray, my shoulder was never on the mat. And Ray just sits and looks at him. <laughs> doesn't say doesn't say no it was but but or or still that the ref's count is final or whatever he just sits there and does it he should have said you're right and that's why i'm giving this back to you but don't think i won't be coming back for it again there's a there's so many ways that all it would take is like four or five extra words and it clears up all that extra stuff that we all that you we have to do about all you have him say is you're right joe you're right your shoulder was up and, and if I was healthy, we'd have a match for this title right now. And then I'd prove that I could beat you for real. But because I can't do that, I'm going to give this back to you since I never technically beat you for it. But when I'm healed, I'm coming back and I'm taking that title. There it is. There's your whole thing as opposed to whatever that is they did. But I, I mean, someone with Joe, we don't know. The, the reason I was told, I mean, I read that um that they went to that to that finish to begin with was because Joe broke his nose and they were worried about blood being everywhere and they were like okay just just get it done and that's why maybe Joe was kind of confused and like why are you rolling me up and so he was trying to get out of it like I don't know but it was a very odd finish to that match to begin with so I'm okay with this in this sequence here of Mysterio giving it up to Joe but um I would love to see a uh, a Mysterio comeback when he does actually making good on that title on that threat and coming back to either face Joe if Joe doesn't have the title or to go after uh the title itself yeah uh so Joe is the champion again we'll, we'll see what comes of that but overall thought this was solid Ray could have went the extra mile but then again as we've learned over the last week as John Moxley will say if you go off the script Vince will chase you down in a hallway and yell yep. at you yep and John Moxley himself said, the reason I didn't go off the script to make sense of things is because somebody might get fired for it. Yeah. And that's that's quite a steep thing. Arm wrestling match. Braun Strowman beats Bobby Lashley. There's a big tease until they finally arm wrestle, but it didn't last too long. Lashley then throws powder in Strowman's eyes. This was much quicker and shorter than I expected. The crowd got into it a little bit. Yeah. Pretty harmless, all things considered. Yeah. They could have done literally anything else. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pitch you something real quick for this, for this thing because I've been wondering for months, not months, for weeks, why are they even having this match at Super Showdown? What if this was the reason for it? What if you had done this segment two weeks ago? What if Bobby mm-hmm. Lashley had been like Braun? You think you're so strong? I bet you I'm stronger than you are. And 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 Braun good naturedly yes. says, you know what? You're on next week. Let's have an arm wrestling contest. And then Braun beats Bobby and Bobby gets pissed. So he throws stuff in, in, in Braun's eyes and he, and, he, and he picks him up and power slams him. By the way, Michael Cole's got to stop doing the, but, but that's Braun's move. And Bobby just did it to Braun. Oh, like we know, Michael. Anyway, so if they had done that, then Braun challenges Bobby to a match at Super Showdown. 
as opposed to them doing it in reverse order where they make the match. Then weeks later, they give them a reason for the feud. Like this stuff shouldn't be this hard guys. Like I actually love the idea of Bobby thinking he's stronger than the strongest dude in the locker room and wanted to prove it. And then when he's proven wrong himself, he gets pissy. That's a good reason for a feud, but they, they booked are, in reverse. They booked everything in reverse. Come on. You guys- I like your I like your idea a lot. I mean, say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. As elementary as that is, that with these two guys, especially Braun. Yeah, this whole thing. Braun and Bobby basically are are guys who would have a you know a bench pressing contest. They should be having an they should be having an ambulance flipping contest. Yes, they should. They should be going like they should go from like 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 a Volkswagen bug up to much progressively much much larger vehicles to see who who could flip the biggest car. I would I would really like that. Uh, like just them tearing shit up in in, in a competitive nature. Yep. That might be a way to get Bobby a little more over as well. That's, that's true. He could definitely use it. The Iconics are backstage trolling Nikki Cross. Alexa Bliss shows up to show her support with some pretty bad scripted dialogue about shrimps on the Barbie. But Iconics are great in their backstage stuff, and apparently WWE has recognized that to some degree because they had them like running around and interviewing Roman Reigns this past week, which, hey, again, you see a little more of that likability of Roman Reigns when he's not scripted. And, oh, it hurts me. It aches me so much. And I'm like, oh, that guy, he's really charming. He's really funny. Yeah. And and he's trying to make the best out of a bad situation. And, oh, okay. The the Iconics, left to their own devices, are hilarious. Hilarious. And then they overproduce them. They give them a script to write to, to read. The jokes are terrible, and they they can't make it work. I mean, they make it work forty five to fifty five percent of the time, which is like that's a pretty good batting average with the kind of crap they're being given to say. Yeah. But backstage, their stuff is just so good. Where like they can't remember <laughs> the people's nicknames when they're back. Oh, what what's what they call you? I forget. Like they're they're great. I, I love it. Um, I want to see more of that. Put that stuff on TV as opposed to the stuff that you're overproducing because it's much, much, much better. Um, I, I, I would, I would also love it if, if they would have tag matches, maybe even to defend those, those titles, maybe successfully, maybe maybe that would be something. If you're going to call them, you know, they're going to celebrate. I understand their heels and they're doing it ironically, but um, if they're going to celebrate being the longest reigning defending women's tag team champions, Maybe they should have matches wherein they defend those tag team championships successfully. Maybe at one point or another within that long title reign, they should be doing that as opposed to losing singles matches every week. Yeah, so we we have the match. It's good to see Nikki Cross being used. Peyton Royce, very aggressive, but no real heat to this match. Uh, the The... The extent of that comes when Nikki Cross kind of fires up a little bit. It's yeah. a bit of a reaction. A stagehand brings a coffee out to Alexa, which gets spilled all over her. Nikki wins with the purge, and then Alexa goes off about her spilled coffee, Alex. Yes. yes. Um, what I loved about this the most was you know, the coffee thing. Is I guess it's a gimmick now because she's got her own T-shirt where it's like bliss brewed coffee or something like that. Um, okay, I'm I'm fine with that. It's you know worst worst gimmicks have gotten over. 
So um, that's fine. I, I loved you know the coffee thing, flicking it at, at Peyton, Peyton spilling the coffee. But I loved, loved, loved Billy knocking Alexa, who's wearing white pants, uh, seat first into the spilled coffee and then going, you just sat in coffee! Which is like, anytime a heel like says things really obvious out loud, like in that way, Kevin Owens used to be the best at this. Um, I, I, I thought it was hilarious. I, I think this is great. And what I, what I, again, I have no faith that they're actually doing this, but it would be so great if they were that Alexa goes off and goes crazy and just, just starts beating them down. If Alexa becomes the insane one that Nikki's got to be like, Hey, it's okay. You don't have to be crazy. Like that's a cool dynamic. Uh, also not for nothing. It's really great seeing, getting to see Alexa be physical again, you know, like having her go in there and throw it down a drop kick, hit a, hit a DDT when we all thought, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, maybe this is it for her maybe as, as an in-ring performer when she had to, to, to step aside for a while. So I'm happy to see that. Yeah, uh, Alexa has never been involved really in an extended in-ring storyline outside of the top title picture, really. And right. This is probably her moving into a tag title picture, which makes me question, do they really know how to book her when Gold isn't involved? But I guess we'll see because I – mean, I guess we won't see because Gold will probably still be involved here. I fully expect to see Alexa and Nikki teaming up against these two, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. I like it. I just wish they would have some sort of storyline for these tag titles, as you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they they, they said they were having one on SmackDown. Yeah. Asuka and Kairi Sane were supposed to be challenging for that. I don't know what happened to that. That seemed like it was a month ago now. They're not even, they're not even on TV on SmackDown. So just give give the Iconics somebody to fight in tag matches. Yeah, I think the only match that they've won is against a couple of jobbers in April. Yeah. There you go. And that's so, it. So it's a good thing they've been the such defending champions for so long. Yeah. Seth Rollins comes out, says that he knew he was going to have a target on his back. Brock's music hits, but he doesn't come out. He dares Lesnar to show up, but instead he gets Baron Corbin, who is practically the same, Alex. Practically, yeah. Well, Baron's spoiling for a fight, as they say. He is. A brawl breaks out. Lesnar's music hits again. That allows uh, Corbin to hit end of days. Nobody gets up from end of days. Brock nope. Lesnar could have ran down and pinned Seth Rollins right there based right. on traditional WWE history. Yes. Lesnar's music hits and he has a steel chair and a ref. He hits Rollins right in the penis. It's true. It is true. It did happen. German suplex, chair shots, F5 on the floor, more chair shots. But Brock doesn't cash in. He says he's going to cash in on Friday, Alex. This doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Maybe they will make sense of it. I don't have an outstanding amount of confidence in such a thing, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like Brock just wants to win in Saudi Arabia so bad, I guess. Or maybe he wants a different title is what he's specifying. Right. I mean, I've seen a lot of this on the old timeline. As people are like, I bet you he catches in on Kofi. I mean, maybe, but it would be the first imaginative thing they've done um in in uh in uh the desert uh so far uh i mean i guess it's the deal is here's the deal they they want everyone to 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 get the network or or use the network to watch their blood money dictator show they they want people to watch that live and the way you get them to do it is you you, you like who knows is Brock going to come come out of there with the Universal Championship or the WWE Championship or or neither? Um, uh, it was weird. A lot of things weird with this. Um, a, I, I just I I can't buy Brock not just pinning Seth and being like, now I'm the champion. I'll you know uh, you can have your rematch uh, in in Saudi Arabia if you can get there. You know what I mean? Like there's there's, I mean I don't know if you if you're cleared by then because he really did put a hellacious beat down on him. The other thing that made that made even less sense is later they talked to Baron Corbin and Baron Corbin's like, oh, it's great. Brock softened up Seth for me. He's got at least five or six broken ribs. I'm going to beat him easily in Saudi Arabia and then I'm going to be your New Year's champion. And I wanted some, I wanted the interviewer to be like, yeah, and then Brock's going to cash in on you. 
Like, like yeah. that's, that's never crossed Baron's mind at this point. It's just very, very odd. I, I, I did love Heyman, like, knowing there was a plan, going in like, okay, when, when do I tell the ref to cash in? And begging Brock to do it, and Brock being like, nah, I changed my mind right now. I thought that was a good wrinkle to it. Like, yeah, Heyman and Brock being on completely separate pages. They were in different books. Like, I like that about Brock constantly defying what um, what Paul thinks is going to happen. There's a stretcher job. Seth Rollins gets wheeled off. We see Becky Lynch by his side. Good touch, I think, especially since they've acknowledged it all over social media. Once, once they have acknowledged it. That that's good that they that they did that. Um, the other thing that that was a weird thing that again, Roman Reigns. I guess he got beat down a few hours before this, but he might have wanted you know Seth to not be murdered. Maybe he like at least is backstage coming out of the trainer's room saying, "Hey, what what happened?" Like something. But I mean, like you have these guys who are who are canonical best buds. It was always great to me back in the in the old days where guys had friends you knew they were friends and when things happened to one of them the other guy was always there trying to help out friendship doesn't exist in wwe unless you're like part of a tag team it's a weird deal um i I wish that that roman had gotten involved hey i wish that seth had gotten involved when roman was getting beaten down like if you guys are best friends it's a weird thing just like let it happen i'm sure it'll be fine maybe not yeah, overall, I thought this was just a, a really, really good segment. And that does not excuse the stupid no, talking point so of, oh, he's got to cash in. That's the dumbest shit. No. So stupid. Like I wanted, uh, I wanted Heyman to show up with, with, a, with a team of lawyers, like pointing to the contract where it says he has one year to cash in. Yeah. Like nothing that you're saying changes that. Like it's, a, it's stupid, so stupid when they get in their own way when they do this stuff kind of stuff. Reminder, guys, we do have a Sands of Time post-show Friday evening. It'll be myself and Andrew Thompson, tentatively, as now. Uh, make sure you guys tune in. Uh, I'm going to think of some way to donate the proceeds of that show because uh, that's a sick one. Firefly Funhouse time. This one is about the gym, Alex. Ray <laughs> Wyatt referring to his Husky Harris character on this Uh what was the name of the pig? Huskus the pig boy. Okay. He's eating, he's eating a chocolate bar and he's got an Augustus Gloop accent from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's glorious. <laughs> he's like, but I want to eat the chocolate. Please give me back the chocolate. Oh my God. So good. So good. Huskus the pig boy. <laughs> we also get... A Vince McMahon puppet as the devil, which is going to be just used all over oh, the internet hard. It's the meme forever. I mean, that thing is going to be just abused. No, no, here's the thing. If social media still exists when Vince McMahon finally kicks the bucket, people are bringing out that stuff. and like, you know, it, it, tastelessly. I'm saying, like, this thing will follow him until his death. The fact that he was like, sure, I'll sign off on it. I've got a self-deprecating sense of humor, says Vince. I don't take myself too seriously. You can make a puppet of me as the devil, Bray Wyatt. Not realizing, like, the the uh, uh, the, the moment where he sticks, well, the, the puppet first sticks his head in, and Bray Wyatt doing a Vince McMahon impersonation comes out of the puppet's mouth. That's a top ten moment in Raw history right there. Like, that's so, so great. Oh, loved every second of it. That dance video was something. <laughs> it was amazing. Listen, I know it's crazy, but here's the thing. Like, crazy when you're living in a world of, like, boring sanity, which is basically what Raw is, like, taking no chances, doing the same thing over and over and over again. All of a sudden, something new and different comes along, and it's like a, it's like a complete breath of fresh air. Like this is it's uh, it's weird. Everyone like I love that he that when when Bray is talking to Husky, he says, "Now listen, I know where you are right now because he's talking to himself from like ten years ago." But at some point, you're going to move beyond this, and they're going to call you a genius. 
And he knows that between like being called a genius and now are some really rough times. And that's what led him to then create The Fiend, which again, love wonderfully, barely makes even kind of an impression on this episode of the Firefly Funhouse at all. Like this was about the Husk, Huskus the Pig Boy and Devil Vince. And it wasn't even about this other character that we think he's going to wrestle as. Like, there's so many layers to this Bray Wyatt stuff. Like, I'd be fine with it if he never even got into the ring until SummerSlam. Like, just let figure out ways of broadening this new character so that when he actually makes an impact uh, in the ring, it's something we're all waiting for. Hey guys, if you all just watch on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to one of our audio feeds. We've got a ton. Libsyn, iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, Spotify. Uh, the Women's Wrestling Podcast, The Division, will be back there this weekend, as well as PD Williams' Wrestling Perspective Podcast. You get kind of a behind-the-scenes look at how uh, Impact Wrestling works. So make sure you guys subscribe to any number of those feeds. You can also download or stream them directly over at Fightful.com and FightfulPods.com. Make sure you guys tune into that this weekend. Kristen, Warren, and Jeremy will be on with uh, the Division podcast. Backstage, Carmella is looking for R-Truth. We'll get back to that. Mm-hmm. Nutsack time! <laughs> Triple H comes out to NXT chance. Orton interrupts. Triple H says he's going to kick Orton's ass in Jetta, but Orton's not the one to put him away. Orton wants Triple H to retrieve his balls from Stephanie's purse. Just a good old-fashioned ball sack promo, Alex. This was short, sweet, about nuts. Triple H says maybe he can fit his into the overhead bin, which seems very uncomfortable, yeah. by the way. Uh-huh. Um, you got to close those. Yeah. But uh, Orton's never had any. Okay, mm-hmm. whatever. As long as it's this short, why not? Yes, it's it's short. Um, it's a weird thing. Like I love, I I I really. Really love the beginning of this. What Triple Edge said, you know, like we've we've done this so many times. Like we're coming out here to sell the match to these people, to get them drum up interest in this match. So I'll say something horrible to you. You'll say something horrible to me. Maybe even physicality will take place, and people will be, oh, I can't wait for the match this Friday. But we've done this a bunch of times, so I'm not going to waste your time or theirs. And that was it. I was like, well, that's interesting. Um, but then, you know, it just basically becomes, oh, let's take your balls out of your wife's purse. And then the other guy says, I would, but they're too big. And then after that, Michael Cole goes, two legends at the top of their game. Like, the top of their game is ball sack humor? Come on. They're, they are better than that. That's not the top of their game. I like that it was Well, maybe not now, but they used to be at one point. Um I'm fine with this. Listen, this this is one of those matches that that is that exists at Sands of Time. Simply to you know, it's a it's a nostalgia act of doing two of these. I mean, Orton is the only like full time performer out of four guys in these these nostalgia acts that are going on on, on you know. So it's that's cool. Um, but they they do re- re- basically treat Orton as though he's a kid, which he is in no way anymore. Yeah. Rob Wilkins says, I think Stephanie has my balls in her purse too. Join the club. Uh, I think she has everybody's on the shows in her purse at any given time. Pusha Testy says, just want to support. Thanks for the show. Thank you. Brett B says, I want Truth and Carmella to hide in the Christmas tree shop, only to be discovered by the whole Foley family who are working as Santa and elves. Uh, Brett B says, it's an off season, so it makes sense to hide there. I guess. Yeah. Up next, Ricochet against Cesaro. These matches are just so good. They go 100 miles an hour. Ricochet did a running tornado head scissors. My I've God. never seen that before. I, my God, that was nuts. That was as flippy as flippy can get. And listen, Cesaro is the perfect guy to be basing for these high flyers. Like, he's he's got enough agility as it is, so he's not just lumbering around in there. But he can absolutely do anything these guys need for him. They're, he's a jungle gym for them, for, for Ricochet especially. It's awesome to watch. Yeah, this was just great. The chemistry here off the chart. Even when they're a little bit off, it's on. Like the finish where yeah. Ricochet ended up going into the roll up. 
it's really hard to put into words the physical accomplishments in this match because they do work so well together. And this obviously is like a best out of seven. It's it, my hunch without them officially announcing it. Now, afterwards, Cesaro attacked Ricochet and Cole said, Cesaro knew how important this match was. And I'm thinking, huh? They're, they're going to face each other next week. Probably. I mean, I, 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 either that or they'll they'll do promos about, you know, whatever. And they'll have a uh, – maybe, maybe – here's, yes, here's what they're going to do. Cesaro will win next week and then they'll skip a week. And then they'll have the blow off at stomping grounds. And it'll be that it'll be a best, it'll wind up being a best of five. And um, you know, maybe there'll be something on the line there. The the winner of that gets a title shot or something. Um but uh, I'm 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 fine with that. The matches are great, um, but I, I I wish they would like Ricochet won this exact match versus this the same exact guy last week. And this week he won again, and they were like, "This might be the biggest win of Ricochet's young career." It's a, it's the same, same victory he had last week. Is it bigger than last week? I don't like. It's a weird thing that they they love to do all the time. Everything's the biggest ever. Afterwards, <laughs> Cesaro pulls out a table, which our truth is on. Yeah, phenomenal visual. Yeah. The content of the 24-7 championship is outstanding. So this past weekend, yep. Jinder Mahal became, became the first person to ever hold the WWE championship and the 24-7 championship, which yep. somebody said technically Mick Foley held the championship. <laughs> and I was like, sure. well played. Yeah. Um, as he showed up in gear, which made it even better, yeah. on a golf course and pinned R-Truth. R-Truth yeah. won it back, becoming the first three-time champion. Cedric Alexander got a little bit of shine here, did a flip onto the pile. That was good. Truth runs back into the ring, and he's face-to-face with Drake Maverick. Now, Triple H told me uh, last week that the whole Drake Maverick push in this regard, push, was just because he started to actually put up those signs backstage at Raw. (laughs) He was actually doing it. (laughs) And then they were like, that's hilarious. We're doing this on the show. Nice. So that, that got him a little bit of a push there in that regard. Carmella super kicked him. I thought that worked for everybody involved too. Great too, and the way he sold it with the papers flying in the air—it's all great. It's all I, I, Maverick's great, man. Rockstar Spud. He was he was great in Impact, and he's great as Drake Maverick here. It's a weird thing they're still having him pull double duty as super serious general manager guy on Two Hundred Five Live, and complete and utter clown on Raw. Like it's a weird thing that you like that that he can do both. Uh, they're having him do both without one belying the other. But but I found it funny. Listen, the only thing that would have made the reveal of truth under the ring even better, if he had been asleep down there, like with one of those like sleep masks on that says like beauty rest on it, and he's cuddling a little teddy bear. Like so, like that's the only thing that could have made this better. I just love the idea that like that was so great that you could actually work in the 24-7 thing into a, another storyline. You hit it, you quit it, you move on. That's it. That's Damn, you... Alex. I'm setting you up for him, man. I'm setting you Jesus. up. Jesus. I'm setting you up. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the crass one on this show. <laughs> You've got a family. <laughs> Damn. Oh, they never listen to the podcast, so it's fine. Well, you know, sometimes you're facing the clock, Alex. Yeah, it's true. Sometimes you got your back against the wall, and you don't think you're going to have time. Or maybe you need a bit of an extension. Ah, yeah. Sometimes your dong doesn't hit quite at the right time, Alex. (laughs) Hey, you got to wait until the end of the night. Sometimes your dong only shows up for specific motivation. (laughs) You know what I mean. Fortunately, Blue Chew can help. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable of the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but they're better, they're stronger, they're faster, and they're cheaper. Take them anytime, day or night, full stomach, empty stomach, whatever. They're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so they're ready when you are. They're prescribed online. They go straight to your door in a discreet package. The old mailman's not going to be like, sup with your dick pills. Not going to know. <laughs> You don't have to have a problem to need Blue Chew. 
It is a performance enhancer. Maybe you've already got Hall of Fame performance, but you're trying to get that extra payday. You want a super showdown, but you don't want to battle the sands of time in doing so. They're made in the USA and prepare and ship direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy, and you can get them for free right now at BlueChew.com when you use that code FIGHTFUL. Just pay $5 shipping, code FIGHTFUL. Hit them up at GetBlueChew on Twitter and say, you know what? Maybe I'll try you. Maybe I haven't tried you, but damn it, I love those plugs. And you know what? When you take BlueChew and use the code FIGHTFUL, somebody else is going to like your plugs. Undertaker came out, said he doesn't want the family man Goldberg. He wants the mythical icon. Then he says Goldberg is next, and the show abruptly cuts off. Yep. Because somebody, mean, somebody didn't tell Mark they don't have a uh, an old uh, – they didn't tell Mr. Galloway they, they don't have the overrun anymore. Like, like it was weird. Like he thought, I'll just, I'll just, I'll hold this out, and around eleven oh four, I'll start in with rest in peace. But no, you don't have that much time anymore, Taker. You don't. Sorry. Do you know how upset I am that I can't do a Bluetooth segue on six nine? <laughs> that is not what I would call nice. No, it's true. You you should you should tape one and then run it back later. I could. I could give them a free one. They they are very good to me. They passed me some voiceover work on the side, actually. Nice. A few months ago. There was an outlet that wanted to do them, but they were like, Well, we don't know how to do it. And Blue Chew was like, This guy will record it for you. <laughs> so I think I, I think my dick pill ads were actually running on Bleacher Report for a while. Nice. It's, hey, hey, that's that's what you gotta do. I mean, I got people uh, tweeting me right now. Nice Bluetooth plug. And I'm like, that's what they'll say. Yeah. That's what they'll say to you. That's what they'll say to you. <sighs> Alex, the sweep didn't happen. No, it did not. Not no nobody got swept. Anything to say? Do you have an apology to no, issue? No, I mean, uh, I'm listen, uh, uh I, I honestly what I what I what I what I would have loved to have happened. So I would have loved for Toronto to have won game two on their home court by 20 points mm-hmm. and then lose four in a row in an increasingly uh, frustrating fashion just so the Toronto fans could know my pain. <laughs> but as it is, um, uh, it's good. it looks like it's going to be a good series unless, unless Kevin Durant says comes back and says, oh, y'all thought you could win without me? Well, watch me blow, put up 40 in the next three games and then I'm out. See if you can win with me next year. Like I, you. I would not put it past him. Thank you to Eric Van Summeren uh, for the super chat. I will be doing a Q&A show again this week on Fightful Select, guys. Make sure you guys tune in. That's the most direct way to support us. The uh, Fightful NBA Draft Podcast. You join us for that, Alex? Uh, when what? What's the night of that? It's the, the night of the draft. We may... The- we we may just run it live after like draft pick number three. That's all and, that matters. And react irrationally to everything. I, I I just I just don't know what date. It is. Do you have errands to run. I I don't know. I well, it's not my might not be errands, but I might be out of town. You might have errands. Yeah, is what you're saying. Uh, we be, are I going. Might, I might what, be an errand boy. Yes. One of my favorite things to do is to uh, just overreact to everything yeah. that happens during the NBA draft. So good. I do not get paid to cover the NBA and people will say, stick to wrestling. And I'm like, you think dummy? I said that the Lori Markinen for Jimmy Butler trade was bad. I'm glad I was wrong about that one, but we're going to just completely, completely eviscerate the draft. Even if it's a great one. Uh, I looked it up. I will not, unfortunately, be able to to take part in that. I'm going to be uh, on a road trip with my family. Son of a bitch. I'm so a son you, of a bitch. You you are a son of a bitch. Yeah. But we will have a star-studded cast for that show. Andrew, uh, Jeremy, maybe even Joe Holbert will pop up on there. Ooh, you never know. Philly get, fan. Get some British NBA takes. Yeah, that's always good. I, w- I would be down for that. We'll see how it ends up. Leave us a thumbs up, guys. Uh, I'm trying to move the plugs out from the beginning of the show, kind of get you all into the show immediately. Supposedly, this week, we are going live for Listen Your Boy again. We have a new producer. Uh, Melissa sucks at it, so she's not doing it anymore. 
Make sure you guys tweet her. Tell her to buy me a Nintendo Switch. Until next time, guys, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.